tuned into In a Flash, our new weekly news show from the Around the Lens guys. And I'm your host, Travis Keys. And I'm the other host, David J. Murphy. Well, hello, other host, David J. Murphy. How are you doing this week? Super fantastic, buddy. How are you? Good. We actually got a lot of stuff in the news this week, and I'm going to kick Sweet. right into it with a news story uh, that is straight from, um, I, well, did you ever see GoldenEye? I did. Wonderful movie. Well, I'm sure you played the game too, but uh, in GoldenEye, they had that wonderful radio uh, uh, telescope, yeah. and uh, it was at the Arecibo Observatory that was in um, Puerto Rico, yes. and, uh, and it was built in 1963, and just recently, they were, de- you know, they, I think on December 1st, actually, they, they announced that they were going to decommission it, wow. and a couple days later, the actual cable started breaking, yeah. and guess what? They caught it on drone, and the whole thing was captured on drone for us to see, and hopefully we'll link to a, a video there, but Absolutely. just the, the technology of knowing that this is going to come down and uh, that to capture that moment on video and what's amazing is you actually get these drone shots and you see the cable start to snap and the whole transceiver radio thing falls into this gigantic thing did you happen to see the video oh my god it was so dramatic i was i was toying whether or not to bring it up as this new story that i would bring up um, oh, is that right <laughs> I, I, yeah but i was like eh, i'll give that one to travis but no i mean uh yeah definitely a very awesome piece of video and i was thinking you know they had to have activated that right because i mean you can't keep a drone up forever until this thing naturally falls down they had to have somehow instigated the fall to get that perfect location and the perfect timing but yes that, that's some very dramatic footage and definitely just another sort of feather in the cap and justification for drones in general and their sort of relevancy within the world of you know filmmaking and photography and whatnot yeah, I mean, it, what's great is it, how much it can show you. You can do it, you know, it with these drones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you're a drone user, and I'm a drone user. And uh, and uh, I, what do you use your ears for, basically? Hey, there you go. Well, right now, what? I'm actually using my drone a lot more than I used to, and I'm kind of, you know, just building it into my regular kit. So, you know, I used to have, I used to be this photographer, right, or the videographer who had, you know, the camera body and like half a dozen lenses, right? And that was kind of my thing. I'm now switching to this photographer-videographer hybrid filmmaker person who has a tool for every occasion, right? So I've got my camera, you know, my R5 back there with the one lens on it for right now, and I've got my drone, and I've got my GoPro. I hate to segue, but did you hear there's a rumor of an R5S? I have not heard that, but I wouldn't be surprised. They really need to fix the, the rumor. Cooling. The rumor. The rumor is a 90 megapixel R5. Wow. Not to, not to segue off the drones, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's already rumors of a new uh, Canon coming out, which is going to be a, a megapixel beast. Nice. Uh, not that yours isn't already, but uh, I know that uh, the Mavic 2 uh, Mini came out recently, and a lot of people are really praising that one. Yeah. And uh, what it can do, and I remember when I first kind of. Uh, jumped into the whole ecosystem of DJI. Yeah. I bought uh, you know, Phantom, you know, uh, version one, two, three, four. Uh, and what I found about that, especially if I was traveling to Iceland or something like that, I had to carry this backpack for the Phantom and, and it just, it just became so cumbersome. And now that you can have these, you know, the Mavic two pros and the Mavic mini twos and fit them in your same camera bag. Oh, yeah. That is unbelievable. That ha- the amount of tools that we can put in our pockets nowadays. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so great. Like, again, I have the, you know, the action camera, the 360 camera, the drone, the regular camera, all these different tools that give me different capabilities. And that's now my camera kit. No longer is like I got the wide angle and the medium format and the, you know, it's just different tools for different jobs. I got to ask you though, because you say you have an action camera. I can understand a drone nowadays mm-hmm. because you can't just, you know, throw an action camera up in the air. But yeah. now that the iPhones and especially the iPhone 12 pros and stuff like that, their video is so amazing. Do you think there's still room for these action cameras? 
Yeah, I'll be honest. It, it collects the most dust in my kit. I, I really <laughs> have to push myself to find uses for it. But when yeah. it is useful, it's it's very useful. You know, when I'm doing something that is, you know, more water based, more action based. You know, yeah. right now that's kind of not the case because it's winter, right? I'm not going in the the ocean, but. When I do go to things that are more water-specific or, again, more action-specific, I can definitely see the use for it. I would, you know, not use it as much as I used to, but it's nice to have. Yeah, and, yeah and with, I agree. And I just want to say, you know, with my new phone, I've got the, the Galaxy Fold, right? That thing, you can't do anything action-y with it. You can't do anything with water <laughs> or dust. You know, that thing is a Fabergé egg in the world of phones, so... It, the action camera will probably come into more handy when I'm, I'm doing stuff uh, like at the beach or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, certainly, I think in, in future episodes, we'll go into the future of some of these phones. And sure. uh, I've seen some amazing designs, especially, you know, the, the, that uh, OBO and uh, Samsung are actually have these rollout phones that uh, basically kind of extend by a touch like this. And it is unbelievable. So we're looking forward to talking about those more when they become real in the future. Yeah, I recently saw a story about a patent application filing from Samsung where they're showing like triple folds and quadruple folds and phones that like fold out like this. It's, it's how many crazy. folds are too much. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there is a, there is a limit. I mean, give me all the folds, you know, four folds, yeah. five folds. Hey, you know, I'm excited, you know, and I'm excited to actually be able to use a folding phone because it's, it's like touching the future. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's something unique and which, yeah, I agree with you because I think we get to that point where it can be, you know, a phone in one instance and then you're on a plane and can use it to watch a movie or you can like get to, oh, yeah. or, you know, edit some photos on mm -hmm. a larger screen and really kind of adjust it on the fly. It's really kind of cool. I know we got some other stories. What do you have as our second story? Yeah, I got a follow up actually uh, from last week's story that we talked about Google, right? You know, they're stopping their unlimited high resolution photo support uh kind of disappointing honestly for those of us who like to have an additional source of backup i'm currently using amazon to back up my work but it, you know yeah. again more photos in more places i think is the best thing to have and i like what google does with your images you know they really do a great job of like highlighting images from the past and building these little sort of mini Even stories the movies right mm -hmm. yeah the little the little movies are yeah. they're really entertaining and make it you know so easy to you know kind of jump onto your social media sharing yeah and really easy to share with people and stuff and just again it was another backup source i didn't have to think about so now that that's going away i've been looking at what other options are out there and verizon is actually offering an unlimited photo capacity product uh, it's not free it's 20 dollars a month for if you want to get the unlimited they have other options i think it's like $15 for two terabytes and I think five or $6 or $10. I don't know. I wouldn't use it, but they have another 600 gigabyte option. Anyways, right. they're really trying to upsell you on the unlimited, right? And it's not just yeah. photos. It's all data. So oh, it, is that right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. So you're really only limited by the speed of your internet connection, essentially, at that point. But uh, yeah, you can upload as much data as you want for $20 a month, which is better than Amazon because Amazon is just photos. Um, but again, it's something where you're now going to be relying on this Verizon service, right? And who knows how long mm -hmm. this is going to maintain. I mean, perhaps yeah. it'll be a few years to get people on board and then they'll say, oh, look, you have 10 terabytes of data on our service. Well, we're going to cut you down to three terabytes. And if you want more, you have to pay more, you know? So that's the only concern I have with this. Otherwise, though, yeah. Yeah, another source for unlimited data. What do you think, Travis? 
Well, I, I think I actually think a lot of things on this. A, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think they see an opening here to kind of take people because of the you know, Google saying that we're going to start charging people and stuff like that. Yeah. And I looked at other options. I use Dropbox and I use you know Google. But Dropbox uh, has once an unlimited looking, ser- service, right? No, they don't. Oh, That's the okay. thing. I was like, well, they, they have these unlimited if you're a business person, but to right. get in a business person, you have to have like five people and five licenses, which mm. drives up the price. So yeah. you're not, the, I think the solo is two terabytes, you know, wow. if you're a solo person. So it doesn't, they don't really have these plans that go farther than mm. that. And uh, so that, that I don't like. So it, you, you are playing with a lot of, you know, different uh, companies that uh, are charging a lot of money now and i think now that verizon's trying to you know steal away some of those customers i'm actually kind of interested in that ecosystem because a like we were talking about before you know i have the, the you know the shiny new uh iphone 12 plus max Ooh. and uh I, the reason i got that was because you know yes great pictures but also it shoots amazing video yeah so now if i'm tying uh an unlimited plan for $20 onto my phone bill, basically. And suddenly all the stuff that I'm shooting on my iPhone and, you know, you know, Sony just came out with uh, a piece of software that uh, basically kind of lets you edit on the fly oh, for uh, shooting. You know, it's their new imaging processing. So it's, it's mainly based at uh, event and uh, wedding photographers. So you can put galleries and edit and, and do everything on the fly, but you need that kind of data plan to kind of like support it to really get the most out of it. Yeah. And uh, if I can tie out all that into my, you know, my Verizon, you know, iPhone, I'm like, that's pretty exciting because suddenly, but you know, three years down the line, they might pull a Google and suddenly, Oh, now yeah. you've got everything loaded into us. They're going to start charging you. That's so I think we're, we are playing with, you know, uh, unfortunately nowadays, you know, and also, you know, Verizon now with the 5G and stuff like that, you're getting quicker data and stuff like that. So, you know, that will be an easier thing. But let's, you know, look at, you know, where we're going to kind of like everything now is gay is like your, your camera is going, you know, 8K video, you know, it's like it's like everything is eating more data and it needs more, you know, space. Yeah. So, you know, if, if they charge you by, you know, if you don't get these unlimiteds, it, it can fill up pretty quickly nowadays. Yeah, I have to be conscious of that when I'm shooting with the R5. I actually shoot on the sort of lowest 8K quality that I can. It's not because, you know, the camera can't or the, the, the computer can't handle it. Actually, the computer handles raw AK footage better than the compressed AK footage because it doesn't have to work through all those cycles to, to uncompress it. But the problem is, again, I've shot like over a weekend, right? And I've got a 512 gigabyte card and I'll fill up about 360 gigabytes of that card just shooting low quality 8K. And it's just like, it's yep. a, it's a survival tactic, right? Cause I mean, I've got so many hard drives and I have to moderate how much data I throw on them. Well, what's your local data solution look like, Travis? I know we talked about, uh, you know, last time how we were doing, you know, synologies and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I, I have all of these incredible, like, you know, hard drives daisy chained and, and all over the place, you know, because, you know, nowadays you can you can find these great deals on yeah. 14 terabyte uh, Seagate drives and stuff like that. So I'll have different drives that, are, you know, drive of the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'll have a different drive of the day. Do you keep separate copies of your hard drives in separate locations? Like, do you make a backup of your hard drive and store it in like a? So I do use box? I do use Black Backblaze. Uh, oh so, right, okay. Uh, I use Backblaze for all, not only my Synology but also all of my local hard drives. But no physical separation of hard drives, right? Like, do you have like a, a fire safe or like another house or? No, you know, it's like I figure you know if, you know, if, if God forbid there was a fire, they, they are perfect clones on um, backblaze so i yeah. am trusting that backblaze doesn't go down but you know that's it's a complete and, and it backs up every night uh and updates the new data so they you know that there's always a current copy of everything i have on my hard drives 
Indeed, indeed. Well, hopefully none of your batteries erupt in fire. Is there anything new in the world of batteries, Travis? It's funny that you bring that up. You know, it's, uh, Kickstarter is something that uh, I always look at. You know, people are always kind of inventing stuff. And a lot of companies launch programs in there. But recently, there was a, a battery company that uh, just launched. Uh, let me pause here a second and okay. actually bring this up. So, sure. Take um, your time, buddy. Because that, that was one of the links that I had up here that uh, closed. Right. So I couldn't open it as we were talking. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, I actually funded it, so it'll come up right on my page. Oh, you funded it, yeah. It, it did seem like a neat product. I like it. Yeah, and they make it. Well, let's go into it. Um, so it's funny that you bring that up. Uh, I, I I'm a big fan of Kickstarter and looking, and I and I actually invested in this one. Oh, and, good. Uh, and it's a it, they call it the Camry battery reinvented. And what it is 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 it's a larger battery that actually fits into your camera slot, and it's a, a little bit larger. But also it has a USB slot. You can power lights from it. It's actually really cool. And for the price of it, and they're making it, I guess, for use for Sony, Canon, uh, Nikon. So you know, say uh, do you want to do a time lapse, a lot of people either have to you know plug in the camera or get you know get one of those uh, battery grips that holds multiple batteries in it. This one is actually just a little longer, so it sticks out. Sticks out just from the bottom, but there are also ports where, so if you had, you know, uh, a light or, or something that on your, say, an LED light, you could actually plug that into the battery as well. And it's a has a fast charge uh, um, little, uh, I guess, charger that you you, you plug into it that uh, actually gets the battery back up to power pretty quickly. So I think it's they were saying it is almost. Uh, let's see here. They, so there are two times the capacity. It has a charge level indicator, a quick reload, supply power uh, via USB-C, a power bank C feature, a USB-C fast charging, and grip extension. So, I mean, this is pretty good. And a lot of people don't like carrying an extra battery or they say their batteries don't last long enough. This really kind of gives you that kind of all-day battery. Which So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, when I saw this at first, I was like, oh, that's – who cares? you know? But then I, I looked into it. And I think it's pretty neat, not only for the fact that everything you just mentioned, uh, but my biggest thing that I took away from it was the fact that you can charge it via USB-C. I think that's kind of like the big selling point for me personally, because, you know, again, I hate having a haul around three or four different chargers. And we'll talk a little bit about another project in, in later on in the news. But, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's probably the best thing. You know, the more things we can charge with one cable, come on, iPhone, get with the times. Uh, the more things we can charge with one cable, the better. So that that's probably the biggest selling point for me personally when I saw this story. And it's kind of cool that, like you say, say you're just out there and you're not even using your camera, you could actually plug your phone and charge your phone from it. I mean, yeah. So it's, like, it's got this little battery, you know, you this extra battery in your thing that to kind of power all these great things. I thought, and it only stuck out just a little bit from the bottom, so it, it was it was really cool. So I thought, uh, wow, you know what? I'm actually going to invest in this one. Yeah. No, I mean, and people pay for battery grips and all that. I think, what was it? Canon or Nikon, they released like a little piece of metal that you just stuck onto the bottom of your camera just to give you a bit more like le leverage. That. Yeah, Sony did that. Yeah, that they, they, they had that kind of awkward grip on the, on the mm -hmm. first couple of their uh, their cameras, and uh, they they were really kind of reinventing the the ergonomics of their camera. Well, where the uh, I think the Canon really kind of just feels really nice in your hand. It took Sony a little while to get to that kind of feel. Yeah, uh, and uh, so they actually at one point. For people with the bigger hands, made a, just a little part, which is kind of ridiculous because if you had to yeah, right. put on like an L bracket or put it on a tripod, you'd have to take it off and stuff like that. So it was like, eh, it wasn't the best solution. Yeah. Now you don't need that with this new product. Yeah. So exactly. I was looking at it and correct me here. So is there a, a different battery for each manufacturer? So like I've got the R5. Do they have an R5 battery or is it 
an attachment onto it, your battery. Um, from what it, it looks like is, uh, and that's a really good question. I, I know that they, that I saw that's going to support Canon, Nikon, and uh, and, and Sony, mm -hmm. but uh, and but I'm not quite sure if it's a, an adjustable piece that goes onto it. I think the battery is actually formed for the camera. So if you okay. buy a Canon, it's for Canon. And if you buy a Sony, it's for Sony. That's the way it looked like to me. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, this looks really neat. I, I like the way you can kind of pop it out and pop it in. Yeah, it's a, it's a high-quality-looking product. When is it supposed to ship? The shipping date on it. Let's see, let's take a quick look here and see. Which, of course, they won't meet because no one ever meets their Kickstarter shipping date. But, you know, nice to know. It's usually Peak Design that actually you know, comes kind of is good at those. But Peak Design is great. Yeah, they actually seem to kind of launch products, and and it's just a a pre-purchase instead right. of like a Kickstarter. So uh, it looks like uh, there's about eleven days to go on this Kickstarter. They originally had a pledge of ten thousand dollars, and they're up to one hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars pledged already. Wow. And uh, I think they're looking for delivery. It looks like uh, March of two thousand twenty-one. So you got to wait a little bit, but uh, not that bad. No, March isn't too far off, so that's pretty nice. Okay, great. Well, speaking of that time of the year, it's that time of the year with regard to photo and photo news. All the different journalism websites, news publications are putting together their best of the year lists for 2020. And the first company to do that is the AP. Uh, now, before we talk about their photos and sort of what was featured, uh, last year I actually compiled a list of a mega collection of all the best of 2020s out there, uh, and also best of the decades because it was the end of the decade. So this is pretty neat. I'll be adding this to the list for this year's uh, list of different publications doing their list. I find it funny, actually, that they're doing it now because it's December 1st, right? And that's when they published it. When And so... It's just like, okay, so I guess nothing is going to happen here in the next 12 or next month, huh? December is just written off in terms of what could potentially be photographed. But anyways, they probably feel it's a slower than normal month, perhaps. Uh, but we've already had so much happen. Anyways, they've published 151 images that focus on COVID, the election, and protests primarily. But there are a few photos focusing on forest fires, a few on sports, and just a few nice feature photos. I'd like to congratulate Andrew Harnick, David Goldman, and Noah Berger for making the list multiple times with their work. Uh, always great to acknowledge former panelists who've been on the show and, and their accomplishments in the world of visual journalism. Travis, what do you think of this year's collection, and are there any shots that stick out to you? Um, yeah, I, I also be frank, I'd like to congratulate all those people too, especially all the ones that have been on our show before. Uh, oh, yeah. But, uh, then, you know, there's there's such a range and which is amazing from the forest fires to, to the pandemic to the yeah. black lives matter. And there's so many powerful ones in each one of those categories. And, uh, you know, any one of those kind of resonates with you and there's so many good choices, but there was one that I saw and it was uh, an elderly woman and she was in the hospital and she's just cheering. And, and she had just found out that she's going to be released uh, from the hospital uh, after being there. And the doctor looks like he's giving her a hand or a high five or something like that. And it has this, such an uplifting thing. just, you know, that uh, this woman, you know, over, came coronavirus from being in the hospital and, and could have very easily died from it. So I, I like that uplifting feeling. That photo definitely caught my eye and really kind of resonated with me. But uh, there's so many good ones here. Were any of the ones in there your favorite that stuck out? I like the ones that weren't focused on, obviously, the obvious topics. I mean, COVID definitely dominated the different photos, you know, and it, rightfully so because it dominated all our lives. But I, I think I, I like the photos that weren't 
focused on, you know, the horribleness of life. So yeah. any of the feature shots that just sort of showed sort of the, the quietness of life, um, those are the ones that stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, Did you remember the one, uh, there was one, uh, hopefully you saw it, and, and that you just said that really stuck out to me. It was um, uh, four um, uh, musicians playing to a beautiful theater, and in each one of the seats, even in the balcony, were plants. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that, a that was a beautiful uh, shot. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, that, again, those were some of the nicer sort of like, hey, the world isn't a complete disaster. Yeah, uh, there yeah. are some things, and people trying to make the most of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the the shots of COVID, I, I think. Um, but, you know, again, talking about things that weren't COVID related, the swarm of desert locusts that fly, uh, those, that was a pretty amazing shot, I think. You don't see that very often. And I thought that was, again, something interesting and neat. Um, what else is here? Just, uh, you know, tons of beautiful shots. Oh, here's the Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man reveler dresses Spider-Man costume strikes a pose at a party in Rio de Janeiro. That's pretty <laughs> funny. And that's one that's like, oh, that made the list? I guess they were just, you know, again, looking for things that were visually interesting that also weren't uh, completely and horribly depressing. Um, yeah. But again, another, you know, beautiful collection here. And of course, uh, you know, as we said before, Noah Berger, his his photos of forest fires, man, wow. He, he dominated that category. I think every photograph of, well, not everyone, but the majority of photos that deal with the forest fires were his I think he had four photographs in this collection, and they're all just beautiful, devastatingly amazing yeah. shots. You know, for me, for me, what was so incredible is you look over this, you know, this last year's, uh, you know, wonderful uh, uh, collection of images, and uh, suddenly you start going, "Oh my God, this was just one year!" And it feels like mm -hmm. you're looking over a time span of a decade, oh and uh, that gravity of all, how much happened this last year, really kind of uh, hits you when you're looking at all these photos. Yes, it has felt like this year has gone on longer than it should have, and I will be so happy once we get through it and past January, especially. Um, so, yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's move on with the year. Um, were there any other shots uh, that stuck out to you before we move on? I think those were the mains when that that really kind of that hit me. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a definitely a great collection of shots. I think we're going to see a lot of similarities in other. Uh, publishers, you know, work in terms of when they publish their best of stuff. And so, like I said, I will compile these into a blog post for the AroundTheLens.com website. Uh, so just by all means, go there, check it out, and then you can see and compare your, for yourself how the different publications, you know, stacked up with their yeah. best of lists. Because, again, I, I think you're going to see a lot of similarity in tone and topic. Um, but, again, it, it is it's interesting and exciting to see how the different publications approach these best of lists. So let's um, for my next story. I pulled one that uh, sort of like feels like it's going into the sci-fi realm, which sure. it, it, it actually sci-fi is actually becoming sort of reality. Uh, so right. at the University of Helsinki, some researchers have developed a technique where they take uh, computer models uh, and visual per, uh, um, perception and monitoring the human brain signals and all this, and actually they're coming up with sort of images and 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 putting them together. So actually from your signals, they're putting images together, which is wow. kind of very sci-fi and kind of scary. Would you let someone actually take a peek in your head and uh, come up with the images? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they would have to turn on the um, incognito filter before they did that. Uh, I don't know if I'd want my, you know, it's in my head out there, but I think it's definitely neat. You know, I think if you can 
think about something and it can actually manifest itself. That's kind of like the dream, right? I mean, how many yeah. times have you gone to see a movie, right? Or seen a TV show or read something, a comic book, and you had sort of this movie play in your head, right? And you want to get it down on some sort of medium where you can like show it to people, but obviously you need a huge budget and the ability to animate or, you know, film something. There's a whole lot of work that goes into, you know, taking something in your brain and yeah. making it manifest reality. And then it never really looks how it did in your head. But if there was a way to like, you know, capture that and put it down on the screen, so to speak, as it appears in your head, that I think that's the dream, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny why the reason this uh, story kind of gravitated to me is when I was at NYU film school, I took a sound recording class and we had to make a project that uh, told the whole story just through audio. And wow. uh, I kind of did this whole story about uh, it's the future. And uh, now nowadays when people are about to die, they, they get hooked up to a computer and they record all their you know, their life story and stuff like that. And it was mm -hmm. actually entered in, the, in a festival there and stuff there and did quite well. But wow. uh, now we're getting to that point. It's like, you know, suddenly like what are the, you know, actual practical you know uses of this and can they use it for people that have had traumatic brain injury to yeah. kind of you know see and, and communicate uh, is it uh, recording someone's life it's like there's a lot of stuff that can be done with this uh, recording dreams and seeing them when you wake up which might be really scary for a lot of us uh, but uh, is, you know it's like well it's kind of scary where this might go i think you know, there's so much in that electrical waves and going on when you're sleeping yeah. in REM sleep it's kind of wild to, to see what uh, if there is a, an image or a picture of that no, absolutely. I see. I see. This is definitely, and we might be going to more Black Mirror territory here, yeah. but where you're capturing, like, let's say someone can't speak, right, or they're unconscious, or they're in a coma, right? But you need to capture evidence from something, like they observed the criminal. You are the, going. You are going Black Mirror. It's like yeah. they, they saw the man in a mirror and yeah. a reflection in the back of the room. Didn't realize it through a crystal. And <laughs> right. Yeah. Or yeah, your assailant gets you, and you knock. You know, they knock you out. You're unconscious, yeah. but the police can capture that brain footage and exactly. now they can build a, a profile. I think that's, that's pretty I think neat. There, there've been movies and, and moments like that. The man died, but the, for three seconds after you die, your brain still records and the image is in yeah. there. We just need to get it out. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of potential for this and I'm excited to see it, where it goes in the future. Yep. You know, you're talking about like recording your brain imagery and recording yourself. I was thinking it would be really neat. And I hope they develop this someday where, you know, you can, cause they can do it now, right. Where you take, uh, certain recordings, you know, like you speak a, a speech, right? Or you say certain, you know, different um, mouth sounds and you record your, your face with like a 3D scanner and this way to sort of keep people going, you know, forever, right? In, in terms of a computer where you can have like a, dig a digital avatar of someone. So like, let's say there's a loved one in your family and just for your own personal like interaction with them, you can kind of create like a digital avatar version of them that you can using AI and speak to and whatnot, ask them questions and they can respond back. I think I'd love to see that in the future. There is actually, I think it was on Amazon. They actually did a, a funny uh, kind of a, a series uh, based, sort of based on, you know, if you think you were going to die or something like that, they upload you into this virtual heaven and people on the, can kind of, your whole, all your memories and all your stuff get put up there and you actually interact with people up there, but you can still interact with the people in the real world, just not wow. in reality. And it's actually a funny little series, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you see all these things when you were kids on Star Trek, and, you know, you used to see communicators and stuff like that. And now we have all these cell phones and all these, you know, it's like, you know, we kind of write our futures. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I can't wait to see where it goes in the future. Yeah. And in our future is our last story of the day. And actually, this goes back to battery chargers and kickstarters, actually, ties, ties very well into your earlier story, Travis. Yeah. 
And uh, basically what this is, is a multifaceted battery charger. So like I said, I'm someone who has multiple cameras for different occasions, for different needs. Like I've got my Panasonic cameras, which now I've, I've bequeathed to my wife. She actually is ah, nice. the, the Panasonic photographer since I'm going all Canon. So I've got the Panasonic batteries. I've got the Canon batteries. I've got the DJ Mavic batteries. I've got the Go. The, the Osmo batteries. So again, I've got multiple batteries and I have to bring chargers for each one of them, at least the ones that don't have USB-C uh, charging capability. And so this this device, which is called, it's from the company, a South Korean company actually, by the way, named Bro9. And it is the Volt Kit. And it looks like sort of a, how do you say it? Like a USB hub, if you will for battery charger, but instead of like using USB, it uses sort of proprietary connection module. And I guess that allows them to adjust the voltage for different types of batteries and different types of power. Excuse me. Let me do that again. The Volt Kit allows for different modules to be connected and it allows for different batteries from different manufacturers to charge at the same time. So it allows them to adjust the voltage for specific batteries. So again, my R5 battery, my GH5 battery, you know, if they require different voltages, it's going to be able to modulate those. And anyways, I thought this was a neat device. It comes in two flavors. There's one that's a two-port model and one that's a four-port model. They've got early bird pricing right now. I don't know if it still is out there. They may be gone by now, but... Again, if you got the early bird price, I think it's $69, $69 for the two-port model and $115 for the four-port model. So it seemed like a night device. I was almost ready to back it, but then I saw some compatibility is not as good as I was hoping for, specifically like with my drone. So like they support newer drones, but not my DJI Mavic Pro, which is an older drone. Right. And they support GoPros, but not my DJI Osmo Action. So again... Uh, will I get it? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a neat device, and I'll definitely watch out for it and see how it develops, but I don't know if I'm ready to pull the trigger on it. What do you think, Travis? Do you think this is a, a, p a potential buy for you? Well, I think it's funny that, uh, yeah, obviously, we both independently pull stories. We both of us yeah. pull battery, battery stories this mm -hmm. week, and it shows how important that uh, power on the go is and how much that we're, you know, as, you know, creators that we're relying on, you know, being out there in the field and, and working yeah. on this power. Uh, and I all of us have the same problems. It's like we have these multiple devices now uh, and we want to charge them and, and bring in all those cords and cables and stuff like that can get, you know, really tough. I think uh, yeah. this is the right start, but yeah, I had, when I was looking at it, you know, I was like, Oh, suddenly it felt like a Mac that didn't have all the ports, you know, it's like you had to plug this in, that in, and yeah. you're still, it's all modular and kind of trying to figure out, you know, what you need and you didn't need. And looking deeper into it, there is a, uh, a two battery, model that was the 69 and then the two battery model with two usb outs which was 90 dollars. so it's like you know each one was a slight upgrade so then there was a a, a a four module one and then four module i think with you know usb outs but so you know mm -hmm. by the time you were said and done it's like yeah it's, it's like it's an octopus with all these things kind yeah. of coming out of it uh, i think it's you know it, it's heading the right direction and hopefully you can kind of compact it and make it more compatible but uh, i think it, it is a device we need and kind of kind of figure it out i know i have uh, a uh a battery charger that I use that is a speed charger that uh, you can change the, the cartridges. And, you know, if I have two battery, okay. you know, two Canon batteries or two Sony batteries, I can put that on the top. And then on top of that, I can put, you know, uh, in another charger that will take triple uh, uh, A's and double A's. So it's, it's a, a very kind of a handy charger that I have, but I'm always on the look for, you know, ways to simplify my charging needs. 
Yeah, you know, I was thinking about, again, the two that it has for me is the R5 and the GH5, right? Yeah. So perhaps the two-port model would be appropriate for me. But then again, now you're replacing two chargers with one charger. I don't know. It's It feels like I'm kind of going two steps forward, one step back. I'm still having to have this thing. But I do like the fact that it acts as a battery bank. So you can charge on the go. So that is a nice feature. Yeah. Uh, you know, considering I'm like out and about all weekend with the family and stuff, you know, it would be nice to just slot that into the charger uh, while I use the other battery. So I always have a battery on the charge. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. Are you saving that much space by now bringing the other stuff? If, if you have all these modules and stuff like that. Yeah, actually. I mean, you know, what you're talking about, obviously, I think Canon does it right. You know, they've got the 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 plug in built into the battery charger so it's nice and compact but panasonic still likes their corded charger right so you got to yeah. plug the the power cord into the charger and you know another thing too is uh you know here in korea especially like i'm very limited in the amount of outlets i have access to like we have two converters right um so i have to keep that in mind because we have to also charge our cell phones yeah. and so i've got like a multi-tap <clears> usb <throat> charger uh, but for the cameras, I have to essentially hot swap batteries and chargers because I have different types. So this could help eliminate that need because I could just you power both batteries off one outlet. So, yeah, for, I mean, that's sort of what I've done is I my solution to when I travel a lot is uh, I've got one of those anchor ones that has, you know, like three uh, USB uh, threes. And then it's got the USB C's uh, all in one yeah. uh, char thing that you plug in the wall. And then all I need is the cables to go out to my the rest of my stuff. And what I found... Yeah which is really easy on a lot of stuff is I found a, a, a just a battery charger that holds two Sony batteries that just takes a USB-C uh, plug oh. to it. So suddenly oh. it's just this little square thing. And then I'll have one for, you know, for, for something else. So all I'm carrying is basically those square little devices and plugging them into that yeah. one anchor and having the cable. So it's actually sort of doing what they've done, but I think a little more efficiently because those anchors are, are, are <clears throat> the power on them is much better. So they charge faster and, and yeah. you, can, you know, put your iPad and, and, you know, use it for everything else. And actually they can power you know, laptops too. So, you know, wow. you can really condense down uh, everything into those little, you know, charge hubs. Yeah. You know, that's something I honestly didn't think about because I do have a aftermarket third party battery that I bought for my GH5 and it comes with its own charger and it's yep. a USB based charger. So, that's I mean, perhaps, I yeah, perhaps there's something for Canon and like, yeah. you know, oh, absolutely. I actually, I did buy one of those multi ports. They had a 10 uh, USB multi-port from Anchor. Yeah, yeah. I have that was one of those on sale. Well. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm already filling up almost every single slot <laughs> on my five port. So, I mean, to go with 10 port, that's just the next logical step. So, yeah, yeah perhaps I'll look into that instead of spending $70 on another device that I now have to bring with me and stuff like that. So, no, thanks for the idea, Travis. I appreciate that. That's what we're here for, to give ideas and then talk about what's new and what's out there and uh, what yeah. helps us all, you know, and, and obviously, like, we love it. This is a new show for us, so we really want to hear what everybody has to say, and it's so important for us to get feedback, but uh, we love uh, finding the news stories, and, and, and I know I'm a huge tech person and love playing yeah. the new stuff, and I think you are too. <laughs> uh, a little bit, a little bit, you know. <laughs> Uh, so, I have to fight my gear acquisition syndrome almost know, every day. I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to <laughs> rein myself in right now. I think that brings us to a close this week. Did you have anything else uh, to cap this one off? No, Travis. I think. I think that's a good idea. Let's end this week's in a flash. Well, good. I'm looking forward to next week. And uh, and where can people find us? Well, uh, you can find, of course, 
this show and all the shows that we're producing on the Around the Lens Network on AroundTheLens.com. You'll also find links to all our social media. So, you know, like Travis said, this is a new show and we're growing and we're innovating and we're trying to make it better every day. So if you have ideas for how we can make it better or if you have any comments on the stories that we talked about, please, in any of the platforms that we publish to, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, just go in that comment section and, and tell us what you think. We're, we read all the comments, and if we find some good questions, some good you know story suggestions in there, those will be part of the show. So, again, it's a growing show. It's evolving all the time, but we want you to help make it better. So, please, let us know what you think. So, thanks for tuning into uh, this week's Around the Lens in a Flash. Hope to see you next week. Indeed. I'm David J. Murphy. I'm Travis Keys. And we're bouncing! <laughs>